As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. is no secret that my top manifesting hack is my daily use of subliminal audios. I mean, mostly because I'm lazy and I get to manifest in my sleep. What a goddamn dream. Who wouldn't love it? Subliminal messaging has been around for years. The Guardian published an article back in 2007 stating that scientists have found that subliminal messages leave a mark on the brain. And that's why everyone from Apple to Coca-Cola have infamously used it in their advertising campaigns. Subliminal stimuli are any sensory stimuli below a person's threshold for conscious perception, i.e. you think you're just listening to a relaxing piece of music, but boom, there are hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of powerful statements and affirmations beneath the music that you can't hear with your conscious brain. These affirmations can have distinct impacts on people's thoughts and behaviour. Choose from a range including perfect health, wealth and success, beauty and confidence, fertility, weight loss, meet your soulmate, peaceful and present parent, happy kids and so much more. Easily download onto your phone or live stream when exercising, cooking dinner, in the bath or my personal favourite as you go to sleep as part of your daily mindset practice. Go to francescaamber.com to get yours. Welcome back to Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I'm Francesca Amber and today I am joined by a guest who is somebody who has been my own personal mentor without even knowing it. Basically, I've just been following him on Instagram. He has built over 100,000 followers in just one year. He is a father of two. He is a founder of the Co-Parent Support Network. It is Aaron from Raising Boys to Men. Hello. Hello. You know what? That introduction. Did you like it? It hit my heart. It hit my heart. It did it for you. Thank you. 
I'd love that every day. Like as soon as I wake up, just to hear that, that would be amazing. I'll turn it into an alarm for you and then it will <laughs> just get you out of bed. Um, I'm so, so excited to have you here because recently I've been sort of branching off talking about some different things. I've just done a podcast about women's um, hormones and health and stuff. And now here we are talking about relationships and co-parenting and people might initially be like, why the fuck are we talking about this on a law of attraction podcast? But if you are a co-parent or even if you're in a relationship still with that person and you are parenting with someone, the stress and the amount of time and energy that that can sap from your life, there ain't nothing left over to work on your goals and to work on your dreams, is there? It takes up your everything, don't you think? A hundred percent. I mean, that's the whole idea right behind law of attraction is that um, energy precedes manifestation, right? So positive thoughts become positive things mm. like you if you're putting positivity out you're more likely to attract it right and the things that you desire but if your energy is negative because of the environment you've been in and the arguments you're having you're now most likely going to be blocking the things that you're desiring because the energy you're putting out is negative based off of what you've just attracted from the person you're arguing with Exactly. 100%. And I find myself even now still falling into that trap and I fucking helped myself for it, but never mind. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? How did you start this? How did you start your amazingly successful Instagram and what are you teaching all of us? Tell us. So it was kind of, I want to, I'm going to be honest and say it was a fluke. Like it kind of chose me. I, I remember, I remember going on a friend's podcast and just I just felt this need to talk about my dad and the fact that he wasn't like I grew up without my dad and the story behind that. And then following that, I had a lot of questions. So then I just started to flow with it. And I kind of, I felt a bit uneasy at first because a lot of this, a lot of what I talk about involves my mum, right? So there was this side of me that didn't want to feel like I was like speaking wrong of my mum or bringing any negative attention her way but yeah this is my truth and my my journey right so I just started to speak more freely about what I'd been through and kind of became less ashamed of it and saw the impact it was having on others and then the page just grew and grew and you kind of realize co-parenting is something we all so many people experience but yet it's almost like a taboo subject we don't really like to touch on it Mm. so then from there it just took off. And now that I'm out of the relationship, I'll be honest, um, coming out of a relationship um, kind of gave me the boost to say, you know what, F it, I'm going to, I'm going to put my all into this. I'm not going to care about what I say, as long as I'm not talking badly about people, I'm just going to own my truth. Whereas when I was in a relationship, I kind of felt like I had to be restrictive of what I spoke about and make sure that this person was okay with it and they felt okay with certain content. And if women were commenting, it would cause issues. And once that was removed, I felt more free. And that is such, I remember last time we spoke because we were due to record this podcast a couple of weeks ago and then everything fucked up and we couldn't do it. So we ended up doing an Instagram live. And I was saying like, you are the guests that I have felt most nervous about having on the podcast because Talking about co-parenting and the traumas that come with that is truly like terrifying to talk about. And there is somebody that listens to my podcast who is quite a big celebrity, really. And they've really confided in me and we've confided in like 
having very similar co-parenting situations. And we've both said like, I can't believe we're both sitting here talking about this and our followers would never really know about this. And it's because we're so scared to talk up. So how do you navigate that being able to like talk about things in a really honest way without upsetting people? Do you get phone calls being like, how dare you? (laughs) Do you get No, because I think the one thing I've learned is as long as we, as long as we know what we're saying is the truth, right? There's always three sides to the story, right? Even if we we think we're being a hundred percent truthful, we may have misspoken or got something wrong if the other person was to give their side of the story, right? Mm. But I'm never putting down the mothers of my children. I'm Uh, always kind of, the information I give is, look, this is what I've learned, mistakes that I've made as a man. This is where I wish I'd done better. And hopefully others can learn from that. So I've never, if anything, I felt I've been putting myself down, which has made it a bit easier in in revealing what I speak about. I think that's why I like your page because <laughs> it just reinforces <laughs> everything I already believe about about men. But I love the fact that I think, you know, when you hear about a man talking about co-parenting, you do think it's going to be fathers for justice, standing on a rooftop in your fucking whatever you're wearing. And it's not. You really are trying to say to men, like, come on, like, just act properly and try and communicate and keep the child at the forefront and it's amazing how many of us get caught up in these situations where we get in this negative spiral thinking he should have done this and he's thinking she should have done that and really if you just keep it focused on what's best for the child it's drama free right because you've both got the same objective it should be I mean a lot of men at the start were reaching out saying you need to talk about toxic mums and you need to talk about mums that do this and mums that do that. I've never had mums come to me and say, you need to talk about men that do this, this, this. It's normally men saying, pointing the finger at women, so mm. to speak. And I think that's where I've had the issue. As a man that's raising two young boys, I want them to understand the value of accountability it's so easy for me to point fingers at their mums and say, you know what, it was your fault and it was your fault, but where's the growth? How can I grow from that? If it's always someone else's fault, how can we grow? We can't. Yeah. And I think as well, like, we all are going to have situations in our lives that happen to us and we're all going to have people interacting with us in ways that we don't want. And what I've definitely learned on my co-parenting journey, because I'm like, four years in now and I have two different co-parents because she's a hoe and she went on Tinder and she's got more than one baby We're matching dad. though, we're matching, we're matching. <laughs> two for Do two. Do you know what? I think the good Lord gave me twins so I didn't end up a four by four like Ulrika Johnson. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Because that was my path. That was my goddamn path. But do you know what? Like, it is a long journey. And it's like, what I've learned is people might talk to you in a way that is disrespectful. People might do things to you that you think this is unforgivable. But what I've learned is you can't change that shit. They're still going to do that no matter what. But what you can change is your reaction to it. And then your reaction to the event is going to change the outcome. And really, that's what gives me peace is like, it doesn't matter what people say or do to me. My reaction is what I can control. And that does, I think, give you a little bit of power back over your life, a little bit of, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they say harm doesn't come from what happens to you the harm comes from how you allow it to affect you. So for example, you getting into the argument 
that those words, although they might be painful and spiteful, that's not what really is going to have the impact on you. If the next morning you can't get up out of bed because of that argument, now it's impacted you. That's where the harm comes. How are you allowing it to now change your day, your outlook, what you would normally do in the mornings, maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes on getting myself together. I've woke up late because of the argument at 11 o'clock at night. It's now messed up my whole day. It's how it impacts us. So how have you managed to negotiate that as well? If you are dealing with two co-parents as well, and obviously this entire brand that you've created has been born out of having not the easiest co-parenting relationships. I think that's something that a lot of my listeners, um, when they found out you were coming on, they were so excited and they sent so many questions and were saying that they can manifest in lots of different areas of their lives and they can be really positive. But if their co-parent is bringing them down, is making their life hell, and, and I've been there as well, I've had the same situation, you feel like you can't move, you feel like you can't get out of bed in the morning. How do we overcome that and take back our power and and, and not really allow this person to, to rule our life? I think one of the main takeaways I've learned is understanding the interaction that we're having, do we need to be having it? Because I think mm. some, especially in the early stages of co-parenting, right? You've got to remember, you break up with someone, you're used to probably speaking to each other on a regular every day, stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the kids. You're just used to that interaction. People break up and there's still that pattern of behavior, yeah. People checking up on each other, still expecting the same access. Placing boundaries in place is so important, but a lot of people are worried to put boundaries in place because they feel they're going to be tarnished with the, oh, you're stopping me from seeing my child card. And I've always yeah. said boundaries are not to spite you, they're to protect me. So if we look at boundaries as the Shard restaurant, for example, right? I've never been there. Yeah. You missed it but out. The Shard, it's <laughs> the, lovely. The Shard, <laughs> the Shard restaurant, if we look at it this way, they have boundaries, right? Their boundaries might maybe you can't come in here wearing a tracksuit. You can't come in here looking a certain way or without a reservation, so on and so forth. That doesn't stop you from going in there. Right. It just means if you are to go in there, these are the rules you have to follow. Raise your fucking right? bar. Yes. It's the same with co-parenting. I may say, you know what, if I'm the mum, of course you can see the child. But if you're going to see the child, it needs to be on the weekends. Or if you're going to see the child, I need at least a few days notice. Now, some men may say, you're stopping me from seeing my child. Not at all. You're more than welcome to. But if you want to see your child, I need you to follow these rules. It's a boundary. Yeah. Do you know, I'm all here for that. And I think sometimes we go through life and relationships without any boundaries and we don't even realize it. And I remember a certain point came where my boundary was I had to protect my physical space. So I said, I'm really sorry, but no longer can you, are you welcome in this house? Like this is my home. This is my space. And, and that for me felt incredibly difficult to do, but my God, it did protect my peace and it did protect my space. And you know, like you say, people will find a way around it. Like if you're saying we just can't meet on this day, you know, they will make a way to make it work. And it's just setting those boundaries that work for both of you, I guess, and sticking to it. I think I think what I realized is the relationship that I had, my, it was more so my eldest mum. That was quite, that was quite rocky. We, um, 
that was more of a negative co-parenting experience. We didn't really communicate well. Um, I found her quite, although I've got nothing but love and respect for her, I found her quite difficult to co-parent with because she just wasn't willing to communicate. It was kind of come and get your kid when you're getting your kid, pay what you're meant to pay. We don't really need to talk outside of that. And it could be frustrating for me because I wanted, especially at a younger age, I wanted to know certain things and I wanted to be more involved. Mm. But it wasn't the relationship we had, although it was negative at times, it didn't affect, it didn't stop me from being a good parent, but I was allowing it to affect me being a good parent. Yeah. And there, there's the difference. Is this relationship stopping me from being a good parent or is it affecting me being a good parent? And most of the time it's just affecting. And that's why we need to distance ourselves sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And I think to create a bit of perspective as well, I think you're really lucky in a way if you are a hoe like you and me and you have more than one co-parent and you can actually like not compare the two, but sometimes I like to sort of get a little bit of solace to say, you know, so my first relationship was my ex-husband. We were together for like six years. We got one daughter together. And let me tell you, it's been a fucking rocky road. It's not been easy. And because it's not been easy and it continues to not be easy at times, that makes me more proud of it. And we really do work hard. So if there's a time where my daughter might be like, oh, I miss daddy or whatever, or like there was a time where he had a new partner and I hadn't met him, I invite them round for dinner and we'll have them round and we'll do things together. If there's something we both want to do, you know, we both go to parents evening together because we don't want to be selfish and take up two appointment times, you know? Yeah. And what we both, I think, recognize, like, although we don't always agree on things and there are still times where we piss each other off, we are always working towards a common goal of Bo having the best life ever. And we don't ever want her to miss out on anything. And we don't ever want each other to miss out on anything. You know, he's going on holiday for three weeks in a couple of weeks I've got Bo that whole time. It's no drama. Last weekend, I really wanted to go to my friend's birthday party, but it wasn't a day he normally has her. We switched it. If Bo has something that is on his weekend, I'll say, oh, I really don't want to miss it. He'll let her come. And to have Mm. that flexibility, because life does happen. We all have, you know, birthday parties or, or, you know, things that happen. Our life isn't just every other weekend. Like, we've managed to get to this place now where we have a mutually respectful, like neither one of us asks for too much. Neither one of us takes the piss too much. And mm. we really have got it. I feel like we've got it in a good place, but then I compare You're compromising. it. To, yeah. One, it's always compromise. Yeah. And then I compare it to the other one and I feel so sad because I'm like, there's no compromise there. There's no communication there. And what makes me sad is I was talking, I I said the other day I did Belinda podcast with um, Kate Ferdinand. And I was saying to her, like, sometimes I think people believe that co-parenting, you've got to part with this person for 18 years. But spoiler alert, it's fucking longer than that because there's so many adults. And she was saying this. Kate said this is the first time she'd ever spoken about it publicly. But she said she gets really anxious when her mum and dad have to be in the same room together. And things like her children's birthday parties now, she as an adult, as a woman in her 30s, has anxiety about her parents being in the same room. And I just think we don't need to get this right for our children now. We need to get it right for the rest of our lives. We're going to be sharing grandchildren. We're going to be sharing Christmases. We're going to be sharing stuff forever. And I think that's why it's so important. You create... Like you both come together to create a baby, right? But then you're building an adult 
And I think that's what we have to remember. Everything that's going on is helping to build this future adult, what they, how they act, how they behave, their relationships, what their trauma is, is being impacted from the age of two, four, six, eight, everything. We don't, we don't forget. I mean, me as a, as a grown man now, I can reflect back when my dad was, my mom never let my dad come in the house because he was so inconsistent. Like when I say to you, I saw him at the age of nine and I didn't see him again until I was about 16. Mm. So my mom always let the door, the, the door was always open to see me. He just never made the effort. Um, so whenever my dad would pop up, I'd go out, he'd spend maybe 10 minutes with me in the car and it would be, oh, one day we'll go Jamaica. Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get you and your sisters together and, and um, have us all sit down and talk. All of these little promises that were probably his way of just, I don't know, keeping me happy for now. I still remember as an adult. And I think that's what we have to be mindful of what we're, telling our kids even if it's just oh you know what yeah next week we'll do that next week they're going to remember that and I think it's not just how we're acting it's what we're speaking into our kids and what we're telling them we just have to be mindful of that and I think that's so interesting I'm sure you won't mind me telling people you're saying about how this whole kind of thing came to being and you were saying about your experience with your dad and how it was so shitty like you were always almost like the secret child but like yeah. not even the decency of being a secret you were literally on the same fucking street um mm. and I can't even imagine what that does to a child and your self-worth over time and that really this incredible thing that you've built and this incredible insight that you have really potentially maybe is nothing to do with your co-parenting relationships at all but it's actually looking at your mum and dad and how they reacted and how they responded to each other that has kind of created this whole thing and I loved what you said on our live and actually I completely missed it at the time but when I watched it back I was like oh shit I didn't realize you said that is you were saying like really all these reels all these videos all these instagrams everything you do you're really talking to him saying this is what you Mm. should have done yeah, I wish I wish this page was around when I was a baby because mm. just to be able to have a man on a screen talking about co-parenting, talking about how men need to step up, maybe my dad would have seen that and it may have triggered something or maybe his partner would have seen that and said, no, you know what, we need to bring these kids together. And I think what strengthens me and pushes me even more is knowing as a man, I didn't know this as a child, but how much my mom had to do because he wasn't there. You don't see it as a child. You you ask for a PlayStation, you might not be able to get it. And you think, you know what? Oh, why can't my mom do this? You're not realizing your mom's doing this on her own. You don't see that as a kid. You just want certain things and you're under the impression, okay, I can't get it. Well, everyone else has got it. Well, some of these people have mom and dad. And then as a man, you can reflect back and think, I feel quite guilty because my mum was doing a lot and I didn't really appreciate it as much at the time. So now it's kind of like there's women out there going through that same thing. So I just find strength in that. So it's like I'm talking to my dad, but I'm also, I also feel like there's women out there just like my mum that I'm trying to remind, you know what, like it's okay. Like everything will be fine. Well, that speaks to my soul when I hear it because I honestly wish that I'd found your account even like 
co-parenting was very very bad for me about two years ago so like around the time my babies were born like when they were six months old it was really 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 bad and I found it very very difficult to get any kind of support or help and your account if I'd just seen it then if I'd had somebody that understood what I was going through and, and it honestly a lot of your videos it's like exactly what I'm thinking and I'm like he's just said what I'm thinking again and it just gives you so much comfort to know that you're not the only one going through it and you're not unusual and especially when someone's constantly telling you you're the problem it's you it's you you're the problem you can feel like oh it is just me going through this why is everyone else married why is everyone else happy like why am I the one that's having issues so you're truly doing the lord's work honestly I'm here for it can I ask you a question and what else oh sorry yeah so when you was going through that was you comparing yourself to other mums as well Cause I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of women do that sometimes they, as a single mum, you compare yourself or like, you know what, that child's got mum and dad there or that person's supporting or I don't have this. And, and we can feel even yes. worse because we're looking at what's going on around us. They're married. There's a relationship. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and of course, everyone does have different situations where some people have amazing, like young, agile grandparents that can help with the children and sleep over. And, you know, my mum can't really drive my children around or stay overnight and things like that. Um, some people have, you know, I, I'm reminded sometimes that I am not a single parent because you know their dads do spend time with them. So I'm really lucky to have that. So we're all really on a spectrum of who's got it better who's got it worse um mm. but yeah it, it's hard not to compare yourself to other people and especially when this has happened to you twice and you're like god twice now I'm finding this difficult is it me I I'm the problem it's me in the words of Taylor Swift is it me <laughs> but I think I find it sometimes quite helpful to compare that person's past as well and say actually if this person has got multiple children with multiple people and none of them speak to them chances are it's probably not you that's the issue um and I take comfort in that knowing that if I've got one co-parenting relationship that is working and I am working at it and I am able to do that maybe it's not me I don't know and I think I think sometimes I know this is going to sound quite harsh but pain is necessary and I know uh it's so, we've, we've had conversations and I feel like so much can come out of pain, right? If we give it purpose. Sometimes we're going through stuff and it's like, we're just repeatedly getting hurt, hurt, hurt. There's nothing, there's no reason for us to be here, but you've been able to build something amazing. And I'm sure some of that has come from, or the energy to push has come from what you've been through in the past. Mm. Me personally, everything my dad done, everything I've experienced, I've used that to say, I'm going to go even harder. There's purpose now to what I've been through. I think we have to remind ourselves of that. This is, there's purpose here to that pain. I actually really wanted to talk about that, even though it's not directly about law of, uh, what are we talking about? Co-parenting, you know what we're fucking talking about. (laughs) Um, Is that whole, I I really wish, I want to go back and find those voice notes of what we were sending (laughs) to each other, because I remember going on a fucking rant about, I'll show you itis. And you know what? (laughs) 
it's not the most, uh, it's a little bit toxic, but I am the queen of, I will fucking show you itis because when a man tells me like, you're going to be shit without me, you're going to be nothing. You can't do anything. You're going to be poor. I'm like, I'll show you. And then I rise up and become the baddest bitch anyone's ever goddamn seen in their life. And I live for it. But yeah, that gives you, like you say, pain and purpose. Like I always say to people, if someone is causing you drama if someone is causing you pain that emotion you can feel it viscerally in your body can't you like you can feel it and you can either use it in a destructive way or you can use that to be like even if it's I'm going to get up and clean my entire house and declutter and by the end of the day that energy of feeling upset and angry will have gone but also I'll be in a really clean amazing space or I'm going to work on this business or I'm going to become the richest person you've ever met using that channeling that energy into something positive is so powerful is it so we just all need to be really hurt basically is what you're saying (laughs) but it's reminding as well I'm doing this thing at the moment right everything is a choice and that just reminding myself of that is really empowering me at the moment everything is they say we make an average adult makes 35,000 decisions a day I can believe that yeah so that may be just We're going to look over there. Okay, I've made that decision. I'm going to pick up a pen and pad. Little decisions. Some are going to have major impacts on us. Some aren't. From the moment I wake up, I'm trying to remind myself, okay, I've got a decision now. I can stay in bed or I can get up and start working on my goals. Okay, I'm going to choose the decision that's going to help me. I can argue with my co-parent right now, or I can just wait to see my child at the weekend. You know what? I'm going to wait to see. Reminding yourself that everything is still in your control. Mm. how you how you react to something is what you have control over you can't control what your co-parent's going to say to you how they're going to act today you can't control any of that but what you can say is well I know I'm seeing my child on the weekend or I know that the child's seeing them on the weekend we don't really need to be having conversations until Friday yeah do you know what even if it's how you respond internally it doesn't even have to be how you physically respond somebody I was speaking to about this said Sometimes there's this invisible tug of war and you're trying to prove a point. And she's like, the second that you drop the rope, just drop the fucking rope. Who gives a shit? You don't give a shit about him. Drop the rope. And I was like, God, you're right. Even though I wasn't physically responding in my mind all day, I was responding. I could say Mm. this, I could say that. It weren't doing nobody no good. And just dropping that rope and be energetically being like, no, thank you, sir. Not for me. It gives you so much of your energy back, doesn't it? It does. And reminding yourself, not everything deserves a response. Yeah. That's one thing I struggled with. Back in the earlier days, texting was, right? Everything was like, I need to respond to that. They just need to know this. I just need to let them know. And it's, I always say, my one advice to a lot of co-parents is put down the phone. Yeah, oh, Just put please. down the phone. Please. Put down, you, you get a message come through. And it just messes up your day and you're like, you know what? I just need to, I need to let them know. Sometimes write it out in your notes and then put your phone away. Come back to that in about half an hour. And if you really feel the need to send it at that point, maybe send it. But most of the time you just need to let it out. They don't need to receive it. They don't need to receive it. Were you one of these that would send like five paragraphs? We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week we talk about the curious things that people do. 
fans say it's like hanging out with your funny friends. If you like lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and a hint of psychology, chances are we are discussing something relevant to you. Like relationships, dreams, phobias, weddings, work, cults, a hundred topics and counting. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please click the link in the show notes. I would end up having conversations with myself. So yeah, I, would, I, would, I would text you. I would text you. You wouldn't respond. So yeah. then I would text based on the fact that you're not responding. And before you know it, there's 11 messages just from me arguing with myself. Oh, no. I, could have stopped after, I could have stopped after the first message, but I chose, and this is what I keep saying, it's, that's a decision I made. Whereas a lot of men, what they do is they say, the woman's out of order. Wait a minute. You've allowed yourself to send five, six, seven messages. You could have stopped after one. Mm. It's taking that ownership and saying, what am I doing here? fucking hell well something i want to talk to you about is dating as a single parent now i saw something Mm. very interesting on your somewhere i was stalking you i don't know and this (laughs) is the fact that i found there are 1.5 million single mums there's 270,000 single dads so do you know what that tells me you lot of hoes, you are impregnating a lot of people because there's a lot more of, oh no, wait, or people are much more willing to take on a a single dad than they are a single mum. What does it fucking tell us? What do I do? I I love your videos where you say, we are not equal as parents. And I Mm. fucking, yes, please, I'm getting that tattooed on my shoulder next week. We are not equal. If you are the primary caregiver, if you are the person that's financially responsible, all that kind of stuff, you are so much less able to date. Tell us more. Am I going to be single forever? If you're a single mum or dad, how do you date? What do we do? Please. <laughs> so I, I always say it's the, the person living with the child is, is more disadvantaged on the basis. Like you said, unless you've got young grandparents or people that are constantly willing to to help out you could be disadvantaged because your co-parent only sees the children once a month and you're dependent on that so how are you now going to date if that's the if that's the only free time you have um I don't think I think a lot of women have a fear of introducing their children to a new partner and I think that's what prevents a lot of mums moving forward that fear and how I look at it is I've, I've had two relationships outside of the mothers of my children. Both of those women had two children mm. and they were, they were lengthy relationships. One was four years. One was just under two years, but I met those children and met them after a while. The relationships didn't work out. No one's been negatively impacted. I think our fear sometimes is, Oh my God, these children are going to be scarred and my kids, this and my kids, that. And, Kids meet people every day. I think we have to remind ourselves this. Substitute teachers, that's a new person coming into our children's lives. Are their friends' parents, like new people at school, they're constantly meeting new people. But yet for some reason, we have this fear that if we introduce them to a partner or a friend, this could negatively impact them. Mm. It, 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 It won't. It won't. The only thing that's going to negatively impact them is a very toxic relationship that you're potentially staying in because that's the mother or father of your child. Yeah. 
No, 100. I, I hear that because I remember saying that once somebody said to me, oh, you want to be really careful. You don't want to introduce them. And I was like, Bo has literally met some of my friends, like my female friends that she's seen once or twice. She's never then said, where's that girl, Polly? I've never seen her again. Like, she didn't give a shit. She doesn't even know who's there. Like, yeah, no, I think that that does need to be normalized a little bit more of, you know, introducing them to people, obviously not being like, this is your new daddy. But yeah, it, it's fine. And you know the thing is reminding yourself that you being able to find love and show that to your children is an amazing thing. Your children having a physical representation in their face of what love is, is amazing. Not everyone is able to provide their children with that. But if you say, I'm not going to date because I don't want my children meeting anyone, you're potentially blocking your child from seeing love in the flesh. And I think it's easy to say to a child, this is how you want a man to treat you when you're older, right? Or this is how you want a woman to, to be. But them actually seeing, oh, I love how mum and her boyfriend are. I want that when I'm older. That's powerful. So I yeah. think it's just reminding yourself of that. Actually having it modelled. There was a long period of time because my mum had quite like unhealthy relationships. And there was a period of time where I was like, I'm really proud of myself for always being the kind of person that's like, I'm not going to put up with shit. Like I can be on my own. I can... I'm not scared of being on my own. In fact, I fucking love it. Like, I'm not scared of it. And my daughters will know that they don't need to rely on a man for anything. They don't need to stay in a relationship if it's not right. But there is that balance, isn't there, between now being like, okay, but I also don't want them to think it's normal just to live in a house full of girls and, like, people go off and see their dads on various days and, like... there's, Do you know what I mean? There's no men. So Mm. I'm very aware that I need to heal my own, like, love-limiting beliefs for them. Well, and for myself as well, of course, because you go need some dick occasionally. But for my daughters as well, they don't need dick, thank God. <laughs> but like, just to show them, like, there is a a healthy way to be and a healthy. There's a good th- thing to like show healthy boundaries, but also to let love in. Because I remember with one of my exes, they spoke to me very badly in my home in front of her, and I was very much like that does not fucking happen in this house. And so I, mm. I've shut it down and I was like, you never come back in this house again. But yeah, recognizing that they also do need to see healthy modeling of love and how to treat somebody. Oh God. And just how? reminding yourself as well. I think sometimes we, we use the term I need to heal. Right. And I'm all, I'm all for that. Right. A lot of us have been through stuff and we might want therapy or, but waiting for healing to almost be a a journey that you complete before you move on, I think really prevents people like healing can just be a, we're all going through new things every day. We we're all going to continually heal and grow. Right. To wait to be completely healed, I think prevents, but you can meet an amazing person that can help you on that journey. You don't necessarily have to go through that on your own. Yes. Yeah, that's worth saying, actually, because look at the amount of like fucking numpties out here that have done no self-development work and they're quite happily trudging along in a relationship. Like, they're (laughs) fine. Yeah, two imperfect people can meet and work on things together, can't they? And try and make shit happen. I just wonder, as a single mother, how does one find the time and the energy to actually do it? answers on a postcard please anybody because i'm fucking struggling how do you date do you introduce people to your oh your children are older aren't they so one's one's 16 in july and one mm. will be 10 in 
one will be 10 in July. But my youngest, um, Tyler's my youngest. He's got a stepdad. So his mum, that's a, that's a prime example of someone that was able to meet someone, settle down. They've got two kids between them now. Um, so I'm seeing them blended as a family and I love that. And I, I think a lot of men fear that another man being around their child. And I welcome that, that stepfather. I've seen how much of a positive impact he's had on Tyler. And I just think that's an amazing thing. But were you, do you feel like it's important that those things are like discussed with you and that you are introduced to partners? Because I was always very, I introduced my ex to my ex-husband because I was like, this person's sleeping at my house around your child. I just thought it was quite important because love is blind as well. Sometimes you think, look at this piece of gold I found on Tinder. Isn't he amazing? And then you introduce him to other people and they're like, this is trash, Fran. You found an old milk bottle top. That's not gold. I suppose you've got to have, if you value your co-parent's opinion and you're seeking it for that reason, then yeah, if some people could introduce someone to their co-parent and hear nothing but negative because that co-parent's a certain type of way. Right. Um, as from, from what I've learned over the years is there's a difference between what I need to know and what I want to know. Okay. Right? Certain things as, as men, we might, especially in the early days, I wanted to know where my child's mom was going, who she was going out with, who she might be speaking to on the phone, what she got up to. I don't need to know any of that because it doesn't involve my child. The things I need to know involve my child. So if you're dating a man and haven't yet brought that man around your child, I don't feel your co-parent needs to know. At the point in which, okay, this person's now going to possibly have an impact on our child, have certain conversations throw it out to that person. Would you like to meet the person I'm dating? They may not be interested. I don't think there's a one size fits all with that. Some people aren't really interested. I've, I've dated women in the past and their children's father had no interest in, in me. I was very much, I think, I think I should meet him. I'm very open to it. He wasn't interested in meeting me. Um, Interesting. So I guess, I guess it's, it's playing it by ear and seeing how that environment is. Lord have mercy. It's, it's a minefield. <laughs> I'll just stay single forever. Don't mind me. And just finally, I was wondering, what do you think? Something I often talk about with my listeners is like, one of the things I'm always trying to manifest is healthy, peaceful, pleasant. You could even say, do we go so far as to say pleasant? Co-parenting relationships. That is like underneath my health and my wealth and my dick appointments now I'm joking under a few like major things it's a healthy co-parenting relationship because I can see how much energy you can sap from your life what do you think that looks like if people are trying to manifest something I mean I often write a gratitude list about that person or about the relationship and it's amazing how many good things you can find about someone you hate but what would you say like for me it's like peace flexibility um what is Can I throw a spanner in the works? Do it. I think we need to stop focusing on co-parenting and focus on parenting. Mm. I think that's where a lot of us go wrong. We're so focused, our energy is on the co-parent, right? Like I'm sure everyone listening would much rather their child be healthy, happy, and content, and they have a great relationship with their child than 
potentially have a reasonable relationship with the co-parent, but the child grows up unhappy, right? If we're yeah. bad, the pri- and what I say that to say the priority is always the child. So if I'm trying to manifest anything, it's being the best parent I can be, mm. right? I want the greatest relationship with my child. I don't want the greatest relationship with their mom. I want the greatest relationship I can have with my child. And that is what I focus on. And by focusing on that, it changes the way I navigate, right? So I, I'm aware that my child loves his mom dearly, right? I'm aware that if it came down to it, my child would probably choose his mom over me. And I'm, I'm completely fine with that. But by focusing on making my son happy and doing things that he will make him happy and being there for him, naturally, it's helped me have a better relationship with his mom. Yeah. Do you yeah. see what I mean? If you've got two, if you've got two parents, both focused on being the best parents they can be, mm. that in itself is a win. Rather than two people focusing on being the best co-parents, focus on being the best parents you can be. If if both of you are doing that, I promise you, the relationships will get better over time. But I think that sometimes what gets frustrating is, say, if you have got an amazing, like, I'm just going to say, I think I'm a really good mum. I'm just throwing it out there. I think I'm a really fucking amazing mum. Like, if even if I was, like, on my deathbed, I'd just been run over by a car, I'd still be breastfeeding at least two children and, like, cooking a meal. Like, I, I am a good fucking mum. But I think what can be hard sometimes is if the other person, and maybe this is more from a woman's point of view, maybe you haven't experienced this, is when yeah. someone is set out to try and destroy you, either destroy mm. you or destroy your peace. And I know because so many women contact me saying this, this is where sometimes like my positive co-parenting comes in. It's because being a parent, I ain't got no dramas. Like I do everything I do is for the best of my children. But mm. sometimes like if someone is trying to dis- disturb my peace, I try and remember like, don't take it on board. Don't let it come into the ship. Otherwise that will sink the ship and all that jazz. But also I just sit and I write a gratitude list about everything I'm thankful for about that person and all that, you know, they are a good dad and they are reliable and you can find the smallest things to be grateful for. And I do write on my manifesting list. Like I want a, a, um, a co-parenting relationship where the person's reliable, they're a good father, they are flexible with me. Because I tell you what, if you've got someone that is not flexible and is unreliable, forget like fulfilling all your other goals of going on holiday with your friends and going on dates and starting your business because you can't do any of that shit if that person isn't, you know, reliable you know and flexible. So, so how I would look at it is accepting and expecting people to be who they are, mm. right? And what I mean by that is if you've got an unreliable co-parent that you know, oh, they never really show up on a Friday. I'm always left. They're meant to come at eight. They don't come till 10. It, they keep messing me about. Okay. I'm aware of how this person is. So because I'm aware, I'm now going to put things in place to protect myself. Right. So it may be, it may be Fridays. I take my child to my mom's if I'm able to do that. It, this is just an option. I take my child to my mom's and he, he picks up the child from my mom. I'm, I'm now not impacted by that. And I'm putting that in place because I'm aware of how he is. Where our frustrations come sometimes is we're, we're being hit. We're constantly being jabbed and we're almost standing there just hoping they're going to stop jabbing us rather than saying they're going to jab me. How do I block this now? Okay. I'm going to bring in my mom on the Friday. All right. You know what? 
um, I'm no longer answering the phone at eight o'clock. Putting these boundaries in place because of how they are helps you now navigate a bit differently. Because what we can't, and I think we said this on this already, we can't control how they are, what they do. We're only in control of what we do, right? Mm. So it's it's making sure we're doing all we can, being the greatest parent we can be, but also, okay, I'm going to, I'm not allowing that to happen no more. Like you mentioned your co-parent no, no longer coming in the house, right? Was that what you said? Yeah. How long did it take for you to put that boundary in place though? How long was you thinking about that before you did it? Too long. Too long. Why? Months. Why? Because it was the fear of the repercussions if I actually said it. And then once you said it? Oh, all hell broke loose. But it was then I was in control. Like it was a solid boundary. And you stuck with that, right? Yeah. There, so there's the power, right? What often happens is people put boundaries in place. The co-parent then starts to behave a bit more nicely and we drop the boundary. So now that co- it's like a child that says, I don't know, it's nine o'clock at night. Mom, can I have a cookie? And you're like, no, mom, come on, please, please, please. All right, cool. You can have a cookie. The next time you say no to that child, they're now thinking, I only need to push a bit more. Yeah. And mom's going to give me a cookie again. It's the same with your coping. Once you, once you put a boundary in place, stick to that. Doesn't matter if they don't get it straight away, your consistency will force them to get it. So basically we need to train these bitches like dogs. I'm getting it. <laughs> and just stand your goddamn ground. I get it. And I'm here for it. And I know that this has been a bit of a random episode. If you are not a co-parent, you may be thinking, what the fuck is up today? But honestly, I hear from so many women that just say, I really want to manifest my dreams and I want to work on this and I want to work on that. But my ex is making my life hell. And so I think if you are in that situation, please go and follow you. Where can we find you? Um, On Instagram, TikTok, raisingboys underscore to men. Um, co-parent support network um is the app that's available through my instagram you can download that that's a it's basically a community at the moment it's a community of mums we meet every month to just allow mums to just let off whatever's on their chest um i also run free workshops i have other coaches that jump in sometimes and run free workshops like a self-love workshop a work a workshop on boundaries um a number of different things. So yeah, once you're signed up to the app, all of those workshops are free. Oh my God. You need to go and check it out. Honestly, if you are in this situation, he's your man. He's who you need. Do you know what I thought might be nice? We could finish on a little bit of gratitude for our co-parenting situation. Do you want to go first? Okay. Just, just explaining what I'm grateful for. Yeah. How do you want me to do this? Okay. Do you want me to go first? So you know what you're doing. You, you go first so I can see how it's done. Okay. And I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in. I think people see co-parenting, especially when it's like a difficult relationship, it's just negative, negative. And I think it's always important to think about what we're grateful for. So I often hear women talking about, oh, my son's father is not interested. He never turns up. I'm so thankful that the fathers of my children are 100% invested in being fathers. They want to be there. They want to show up. They are good dads. I trust them. I'm also very thankful that my ex-husband and I are very flexible with each other. We've moved to be close to each other, not too close, five minutes apart. Um, But we've moved to be close to each other, to give our daughter a really nice life. We're flexible with each other. We trust each other. We respect each other to a degree. And for that, 
I'm really thankful. And I'm really thankful that I am working on the other one to make that, like I haven't given up on it. I've, I, I'm determined that that is also going to be a good, positive co-parenting relationship. Thank you. Amen. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like I'm, I'm grateful to have access to my children. Yeah. Because that allows me to be in control, right? From, I, I, I can navigate my children's mums allow me to speak to my children. If I want to see my children after school, I can arrange for that to happen. The flexibility and knowing that if I want to do more or, or give more or see them more, it's an option. And I think yeah. the one thing I want to remind any men listening that are co our co-parents is I think sometimes we we look at the contract that we have right and that contract may be so to speak I see my children every weekend or every other weekend right and we get focused on the con oh these are my contracted hours yeah but you can work overtime don't ever think because I only see my children every weekend or every other weekend you can't call up and pick them up from school or or do something else. Sometimes we're so focused on, oh yeah, this is when I see my children. If you're allowed to, this is the one job where you should be so focused on putting in as much overtime as you can. Here, here. Mm. Here, here. I'm up for it. I mean, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It's truly been amazing. Um, yeah, like I said, go and follow raising boys to men on instagram if you want to check out all the videos and this co-parenting network totally here for as well i need to join that although at the moment i'm i'm flying a bit easy i'm okay i'm living life um and i'll see you bitches next week the law of attraction changed my life it's going to change yours too bye what up bitches it's no secret that reading has changed my goddamn life i think it's incredible that people put their entire life's work their teachings into a book that often costs less than 10 pounds it's incredible to me and i am so thankful to all of the authors that have helped me on my self-development journey and you know i have the uk's biggest self-development book club there's over three thousand of us reading along each month but maybe you're thinking fran i ain't got time to read who do you think i am barbara cartler no, you are busy. You are girl bossing it. You are living your goddamn life. And I get that. I see that. I hear it and I value it. And that's where Audible can come in. If you find yourself only with the time to be able to listen to something, but to not sit and physically hold a book, maybe you have a physical job like um, cleaning or whatever, where you are using your hands, or maybe you're a crafter. And you want to be able to just listen to something and to learn on the go. Or maybe you're driving a lot and you're able to listen to a book, but you know, it's illegal to read a book and drive, bitches. Don't try it. Then Audible may be for you. I have a 30 day free trial that you can have a little go at and see if it's for you. You can download millions of books to your phone or to your laptop or whatever you fucking want and listen to it wherever you are. Um, so check it out. Um, I'll leave the link down below. Marketers and business owners, you've been pining after a certain someone. Your job's on the line. You're desperate for them to like you back. Here's a word of advice from me. Talking is hot. Just you and them, finally alone, like us two right now. Maybe under the duvet, headphones on, one-on-one. -on -one. Podcast advertising is proven to be one of the best ways to catch their attention. So surprise them while they're tuned in, while the moment's right. Say a line or two that really gets them going. 
Next time, if you want to win over your special someone and build some brand love, experiment with something new. Just focus on your voice. Advertise on more than 100,000 podcast shows with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started.